Hey, welcome to the Hamilton Hills Church Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to listen today. We have a saying in our church, life is messy, everyone is welcome, and anything is possible. So no matter where you're at in your life, we hope that this message brings you some encouragement. Enjoy. Change. This seems to be the cry of our nation right now. Change in policing. Change in justice. Change policies. Change politics. That is the cry of our nation and even the world. Change is needed. Come on. Young or old, black or white, politics, Republican or Democrat or in between, we can all be united all over the world that we need change. For the last three weeks, we've been discussing change starts here. You see, I believe that you can change policies and you can change so many things in America today, but if we don't start with changing us, then we're going to continue in the same cycle that's been going on for years and years. Change starts here. Change starts in us. According to a recent poll, people in the U.S. are more unhappy today than they have been in nearly 50 years. This is sad to me. My heart aches right now with most of what I hear and and see online. Most of what I hear and see going on in our nation. My heart is saddened. But I also see glimpses of hope through humanity. Don't say that, okay? We're here to protect you, okay? We're not here to hurt you at all, okay? You can protest, you can fire, you can do whatever you want. Just don't break nothing. This video made me sad, but it also gave me hope. I not only see a scared child and a police officer kneeling in humility to console that child, but I see humanity shining through. I see two human beings putting aside their assigned identities from this world and the image of God shining through them. We are all image bearers of our Creator. And I believe that we have all that we need to make the change that is needed. Those of us who call ourselves Christians, Jesus followers, we've given our allegiance to Christ, had the Spirit in us to initiate that change that we want to see. In the Old Testament, there's a song that was written. In the Old Testament, God showed His love for the Israelites so much that he gave them everything they needed to produce good fruit. In Isaiah chapter number 5, verses 1 through 7, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah was a pastor, he was a prophet, and he was giving them in the form of a parable, a song, about how God gives us things we need through his spirit to live godly lives. The song tells of God tilling the ground, removing the rocks, preparing good ground. He also didn't just prepare the ground. He gave them and planted the best vines available. He built a tower and he dug up a wine press. He gave them everything that he needed. He said, I gave you all this stuff. What more do you need? He gave them what they needed to produce good fruit, but instead they produced worthless fruit. In Isaiah chapter number 5 and verse number 4, it tells us that what more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? 
Why, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? He was saying, I gave you all that you needed. Why in the world are we seeing worthless grapes through this great vineyard? He expected justice. He expected mercy. He expected righteousness. He gave them all that they needed to protect the land, to produce good fruit, but it didn't happen. Instead, there was an outcry of things that yielded destruction. In Isaiah chapter number five and verse number seven, it says, for the vineyard of the Lord of armies is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah, uh, the plant he delighted in, he expected justice, but saw injustice. He expected righteousness, but heard cries of despair. You see, he gave the children of Israel everything they needed to produce good grapes. He gave them everything they needed to have a good life. He gave them everything they needed to be successful and to see the change that was needed to change the world. I believe just like the children of Israel, that's where we find ourselves today. God has given us all what we've needed to produce good grapes, to produce good fruit, to produce the change that is needed. He's given us everything that we've needed to stop injustice. He's given us everything that we've needed to stop racism. He's given us everything that we've needed to stop the bad that goes on in our world. But we continue to produce worthless fruit. Today, God has given the believer everything that is needed in our lives that are pleasing to him. He provided his own son to be the ransom from our sins. He gives the indwelling Holy Spirit to empower us to produce fruit that remains. This can be understood in the terms, once again, of the ministry of reconciliation. We were called to reconcile ourselves to God when we do wrong to repent and reconcile and then reconcile others to God as well. This is what we need and we have everything that is needed to produce good fruit to see change. In the words of the minor prophet Micah who came on the scene after Isaiah, he said this, what does the Lord require of us? You see, Micah gives us simple steps on how we can be the change that's needed. And what this world needs is Jesus follower who understand that change starts with us. Change starts with us reconciling ourselves to God and then producing good fruit. Micah gave us those simple steps in Micah chapter number six and verse number eight. He says this, he has shown you, O mortal, talking about mankind, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. Micah shows us a couple simple things that we are required by God to do in order for us to be the change that is needed in our society, justice. I want you to notice the word before justice in this verse, do justice. Do implies action on our part. Let me get you to think of a couple statements and take them in. Sometimes our biggest sins are what we do not do and not the ones we have done. We focus a lot on the sins we've committed. We focus a lot on what we've done and it brings us shame. 
But often we forget that there are sins that we commit when we don't take action where God tells us to take action. In fact, I love what Edmund Burke says. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Some of the biggest mistakes we can make and do is not to take action against injustice. But why do we expect that to happen with big topics like we are dealing with today when we don't practice that even in the little things in our relationship in life? Justice of God is the work of God making things right in a broken world. We are to reconcile the world to God as we reconcile to one another. We should be doing this long before the subject of racism comes up. We should be doing this long before the subject of injustice comes up. We should do this long before any of the big issues we see that we practice this on a daily basis with our relationship with each other, practicing us taking action on injustice and the little things in life. We have a responsibility to call out injustice, not just in moments like this, but to stay engaged with gospel reconciliation, even after the social media fire is gone. To be engaged with speaking up with little injustices that happens around us. To be not okay with the little white lies of life. To not be okay with even the injustice we do ourselves by talking against others or to to give and come off in a wrong way. That we handle our own injustices and make sure that we speak up in the little injustices in life around us. We are to stand firm in absolute truth, living and measuring our lives on pleasing Jesus, not being successful in just trying to get ahead. And then he also says, love mercy. Love mercy. It's not do mercy. It's love mercy. Notice that the words are love. You see, we become what we love. When we love mercy, we become forgiving and filled with grace. When all we do is think of ourselves, then we love ourselves so much that we don't have the awareness that what is going on around us, how we hurt people's feelings, how we lash out, how we try and get ahead no matter who it hurts or who hurts us. But when you love mercy, that changes everything. We need mercy in order to be the change needed and to have long-term relationships with imperfect people who will make mistakes and hurt you. You see, the world needs to see this. The world needs to see us not cut ties with each other because we're mad and hurt by each other, but for us to practice loving mercy and have long-lasting relationships working through the issues and different opinions in life. We need mercy in order to show more than a speech or a post online, or to win a debate, but to show the proper love of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a statement that might help. When our posture leads off with mercy, you know that we have remembered the mercy that God has shown us, which has caused us to be so in love with it that we show mercy to others. You see, that's the difference with a Jesus follower. When we remember the mercy that God gave us for eternal life, we can lead off and show others mercy because we're so in love with mercy itself. Mercy is important. And then there's walk humbly. A missing ingredient that is so desperately needed with Jesus followers today as well as those living in society. 
You know, a term called walking with God is so misunderstood. In fact, people who say they walk with God are bringing great confusion to the world today. Why? Because they show no difference in their lives. We say we walk with God and we go to church, but yet we show anger to each other. We say we walk with God, but yet we hold grudges. We say we walk with God, but we tear down each other. We say we walk with God, but our business practices are the same as those who don't know God. We say we walk with God, but yet we show our priorities are so selfish. If we walk with God, then we will show an action of walking in humility before God and with man. Walking humbly is very needed. You see, when we walk with God, it is less about request and more about his presence. It's less about him giving what we want, and it's more about us understanding what he wants us to do. Walking humbly means that we say we are not in charge God is, and we're willing to walk with him, we're willing to listen to him, and we're willing to step out even if we fear, reminding ourselves that God is in control and we are his ambassadors for for him to others. American Christianity has become, let me find a verse that will agree with my point in pride, instead of lead me to the verse that keeps me humbly dependent on you and gives me the answer to help me with my life so I can let others know who you are. I know that's a big statement right there, but I believe this is so true. American Christianity has been all about us. And so often we try and grab a hold of a statement. We try and grab a hold of a Bible verse that helps us instead of seeking what we need to help him. When we walk with God and he is the leader in our mind, it reminds us that we are not in charge and we seek to listen and understand what he wants from us. This posture will help us walk humbly with mankind. We can walk into a situation with humility in mind, knowing that no matter what, our goal is to honor our God, even when people come up against us even when people criticize us, even when we want our way but don't get it. We can walk confidently in knowing that we've been with God and he's given us orders to go help with injustice, to go help with racism, to go help with reconciliation and all the topics of this world when we walk humbly with God. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. So many people who follow Jesus show pride and then they fall. And then others who do not know Jesus look at that and wonder, what's the difference? And in order for that not to happen, we have to constantly remind ourselves, walk humbly. You see, when we make it a practice to listen and learn from God, we will naturally be able to hear the cries of despair from this world that is referenced in the song of Isaiah chapter number five, verse seven, and be the change that is needed. Three things Micah tells us what is required of us to see change. The word intentional. It's a word I've used with all three sermons and change starts here. Being intentional means you're looking to act on it. It also means that it will be something personal 
in your life when you're looking with awareness. The first week we talked about intentional abiding, first things first. Starting with ourselves, intentionally abiding with Jesus Christ is the first step in initiating our culture. Then I talked about intentional relational connections, our response to racism, living a life of gospel reconciliation by putting your ideas and wants aside and spending time with people that aren't like you or don't believe like you so you can fulfill the ministry of reconciliation. And here's today's action step. Intentional fruit bearing. We have all that we need. We saw in the book of Isaiah that God gave the children of Israel everything they needed to produce good fruit. But yet they produced worthless fruit. And it's time for us as Jesus followers to be more concerned about the fruit that we produce than anything else. It's time for us in our homes to be more concerned than winning any argument with our children or winning any argument with our parents and be concerned about being Jesus followers that produces the right fruit. And just as God gave the children of Israel everything they needed, He gave them the best vines, He gave them a tower, He gave them a wine press, everything they needed to initiate the change We also have everything we need today as Jesus followers. You know, John chapter number 15 and verse 16 says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Let me remind you. What he gives you is not for prosperity. What he gives you is not for you to be successful. What he gives you is for not, for, not for you to be at peace with yourself, but he gives you what you need to produce the right fruit for him. And if we really start focusing our minds and our lives on what kind of fruit are we producing with our actions, it could be the change that is needed. Intentional fruit bearing is the action step for the day. We have all we need. Just as God gave the children of Israel everything they needed, He cleared the ground. He prepared the way. He planted the vest vines. He built the tower. He dug up the wine press. He said, What else do you need? And He's asking you and me that today. What else do we need other than God? He gave us exactly what we need in us to do what is needed through us to make change last and bear good fruit. I think of this verse in John. John chapter number 15, verse 16 says, you do not choose me, but I choose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. You see, He doesn't just give you things that make you wealthy. He doesn't give you things that make you feel good. He doesn't give you things to be successful. He doesn't give you things because you want them. He gives you exactly what you need wherever you're at so that you can produce fruit that remains in your life. Wherever you're at in your life, if you're discussing racism, if you're 
acting on injustice, if you're trying to make a difference in society, no matter who you are, no matter what role you play, if you're a student, if you're an adult, if you're listening and watching this for the first time, I want you to know that God has given you exactly what you need, not for you to feel good, not for you to win an argument, not for you to post something online that seems so awesome to you. No, what He is giving you is for you to make a difference in life because change starts with us. And we realize that change starts with us. Then we can take what God's given us, all that we need, and help change the world. I hope that these sermons have been a help to you, but this is not the end. We did not just push pause so that we could just say a couple things about these issues, but really we do want to change. I believe the world needs to change. But I also believe that the church really needs to change. I believe we are a mirror of our society. We continue to do the same thing over and over again, and we get the same poor result. I hope that these three sermons help give you a foundation on how to look at your own life and then to engage the world. Next week, we start a new series called Anything is Possible. It's part of our mantra here. You hear life is messy all the time, but many times we forget and we leave out the, the words, anything is possible. With the church of Philippi, we see that anything is possible with a church that is united on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's amazing, even in this book of Philippians, it talks about racism, it talks about injustice, it talks about poverty and different things, how a group of people became so powerful in their city that they created change, lasting change forever. I hope that you'll be prepared in the coming weeks as we give you communication on some exciting things in our church that'll be changing so that we can be better at producing good fruit that remains and changes our community and it changes the world. I hope and pray that you will walk this journey with us as we seek to change ourselves so we can change others. God bless you. We'll talk to you next week. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you made a decision or would like to know more about us, you can connect with us at hamiltonhillschurch.org or via social media at Hamilton Hills Church. Also, if our church has impacted you in any way and you would like to make a donation, you can do so by going to hamiltonhillschurch.org slash give. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Hamilton Hills Church Podcast.